0: So we're on the last of the Bardos, the Bardo of taking rebirth, the Bardo of rebecoming. and the Bardo of rebecoming, the Bardo of taking rebirth arises as one falls away from the visions of the Buddhas, assuming that one hasn't uh, dissolved into their heart centers and gone to uh, rebirth in a pure land, um, if one has fallen away and sort of as it were, Bounce down, uh, all sorts of visions and experiences open up which are directing you to um, what they call the womb door uh, to rebirth. Uh, one feels pressed and squeezed by uh, huge mountains. These, these are old Indian uh, traditions, old Savastivadin traditions, they're not specifically uh, Tibetan. Uh, You're blown along by terrible winds, absolutely ferocious winds of hurricane force that are propelling you. Uh, You feel like a feather blown in a storm. And you try to hide in holes in the ground. You're in a desert on a great plain and you try and find a little hovel in the ground. But the winds just blow you out and you're just impelled onward, very, very expressive. Uh, imagery and the winds are said t- to be the winds of karma uh, the winds of your habitual activity just blowing you in the direction of one of the six gutties, one of the six uh goings the six uh, uh realms of rebirth um, and there's vivid images for, for for which which are describing which are communicating uh the force of karma and the effect of of actions you you feel very, very closed down. You feel blown along. You feel in, a, in an enclosed space. Uh, it's like all sort, of, all options are are closing. Um, you know, you see it. You see it in um, in in sort of films. You read it in novels, don't you? In in sort of tragic cases, where where a sort of line is crossed by you know the hero or the heroine, and you just sort of know that something they've done something irre- irrevocable that is going to lead to a a particular outcome, even though they're trying their best to uh pull out of that. Um in sort of popular films, I I, I see it very I saw it very, very strongly. I don't know if anybody's seen a film called Carlito's Way with uh Al Pacino. There's there's a particular moment. He crosses he's a he's a he's a crook trying to go straight. And there are a couple of choices he makes where it's as if he set up a whole set of karmas, which he can't seem to affect anymore, even though he's trying to. It's a very, very interesting uh, moment uh, uh, in the movie. Um, but even here, according to the bardo de Dole, you can work. Um, the lama, the friend, urges you to see all this as simply awareness, <coughs> as completely insubstantial. It's not out there. It's all, in a sense, you. Um, it's, it's, it's nothing other than you. And if you can see through it, you will be liberated from that. You'll awake from that bad dream, as it uh, were. Um, liberation is still possible. So in the verse we have, "Oh, now, when the bardo of taking rebirth upon me is dawning, one pointedly holding fast to a single wish. Or, I must, with one pointed intention, concentrate my mind and resolutely connect with the residual potency of my virtuous past actions. There it is. I must, with one pointed attention, concentrate my mind and resolutely connect with the residual potency of my virtuous past actions. Wonderful uh, language. Um, I've put a note up there the ecology of the mind the alia just to remind me um the, the 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 alia is is likened to it's the store consciousness of course but it's like it's described as a torrent it's described as a, as a sort of river and which we're constantly depositing uh uh into uh different kinds of seeds uh from our volitional actions um uh, the seeds deposited by skillful action unskillful action um uh which uh you know nothing is lost it's a way of describing the way karma actually works it means nothing is sort of lost in terms of our actions and our behavior which on the one hand is quite a scary thought it means the unskillful isn't lost and can uh, under certain conditions be activated but it also means the skillful is not lost, and under certain conditions uh, can be activated. And uh, uh, the ecology of the mind is um, is a phrase actually of of Gregory Bateson, the um, uh, anthropologist and psychologist. I think he he wrote a famous book, Notes Towards an Ecology of Mind. And I was very very struck by that language. I mean, people are very concerned, of course, about ecology and so on, but what about the ecology of of the mind? What about the pollutants that we're constantly pouring into the deep river of of, of consciousness? you know what about the, the 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 perfume of skillful action that we're putting into that? We do need to you know <laughs> and you could even argue if the ecology of the mind was cared for, then perhaps we wouldn't have such a mess in terms of the ecology of uh, the exterior world. Perhaps we, we, we just haven't paid enough attention to what we put into our consciousness. And, you know, so what this is getting at is that you, you resolutely connect, you concentrate, really concentrate, and resolutely, decisively connect with the residual potency. This is lovely, that if you act skillfully, there's a potency that resides in you that you can activate you can activate uh through practice, through uh through awareness, through uh well in this case listening to the spiritual friend. You can uh, nothing is lost. You can uh, connect with that residual potency. I really like that language that that kusala let's I mean let's leave aside our kusala, it's the last day let's concentrate on the skillful Kusala, skillful action positive action um the 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 the, the, the um the effect is potent. The effect is potent and it can be reawakened. Uh, so all the time that the Lama is encouraging you to, to connect um, with, uh, through making strong point strong and one-pointed heartfelt aspirations to connect with your own virtue. And, 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 the, and the instruction is don't give in to negativity. Don't give in to fear. Don't give in to anger. Don't give in to, you know, anxiety. Don't give in to that because it will have a very, very big effect if you give in to that. Things are very sensitive here at this time. Resist the gravitational pull. Do you remember that language of Bantis? The, the gravitational pull back to the unskillful, to the condition. Push that back with strong aspiration and effort. You notice that the language is is very very strong it's very much to do with making effort and making an aspiration and and really taking a hold of yourself go for refuge chant the refuges and precepts develop the bodhicitta recite your mantra uh, recite om mani padme anything to move against the storm uh, which is which is which is sending you in the direction of rebirth and then May the womb door be closed um, and the revulsion recollected. May the womb door be closed and the revulsion recollected. Because what is happening now is that you are moving towards the door of the womb and rebirth in one of the six realms. Um, You need to close that door. Um, You see ahead of you a couple making love. You become very, very attracted to to that. Uh, you're drawn to that with intense uh, craving. Um, so you're moving in that direction. So the revulsion recollected, or in another translation, practice the methods of reversal uh, through develop d- developing renunciation through disillusion. I think that's what that's why Evans Wentz used the word revulsion. Um, it's probably a, a translation of um, um Disillusion. You 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 really cultivate here as you're moving in that direction, a disillusionment with samsara. And in the Bardo Thodol, you're encouraged to meditate on how painful samsara is, how painful birth is, how painful aging is, how painful illness is, how painful death is and loss is how painful it is to just be uh, restricted and limited by conditioned existence. And, and through this, you develop a strong mood of, of renunciation. There's a, you're encouraged to develop a seeing through of the things that you're attracted to. The hour has come when energy and pure love are needed. The hour has come when energy and pure love are needed. Uh, or energy and pure perception. (coughs) Energy and pure perception. Uh, The energy and inspiration to move away, to move away from uh, being reborn. And pure, loving perception. Seeing things properly. Seeing things as they really are, and not through the distortion of uh, craving and, and jealousy. Seeing, in other words, with the eye of wisdom and the eye of beauty. May I cast off jealousy and meditate on the guru, the father-mother. Because what they say is going on at this point, and this is an Indian tradition, it's not, again, a Tibetan tradition, you feel intense craving for one or the other of the couple, and you feel jealousy uh, to the other, and you're impelled to get between them, uh, to get one out of the way um, and make love to the other. And if you succeed in doing that, at that moment you swoon and you are reborn. Um, you, you go unconscious and you're reborn. Uh, these are said to be, this, this vision of a couple making love, are your future parents. And the tradition says, I'm just passing on the tradition here, if you're attracted to the woman you'll be reborn as a male, and if you're attracted to the man you'll be reborn as a female. Um... But seeing this business of pure love or pure perception, what they say you need to be developing at this point is um, sacred outlook. That's what they mean by pure perception or or pure love. You see the couple not as a couple. You see them as the archetypal guru, who is the same as your own teacher, but in archetypal form, in... uh, um, in union with their wisdom with their darkening so you would see for example padmasambhava in union with Yashid sogyal or Mandarava. Um, so you would see ent- entirely differently um, you wouldn't see a couple making love you you're, you're trying to see them as the union of wisdom and compassion other translations have simply not the guru the father mother the guru uh with his with his consort I don't personally think this should be taken entirely literally because um, I know Bhante himself hasn't uh, encouraged uh, meditation on um, Yabhyam figures, as they're called. Um, I think really what the way I, I would see it is that what, what you need to be able to see at this point is uh, Buddhahood in the most beautiful of forms in the most beautiful of forms, in um, that express the union of opposites, uh, the Yoganada, um, the two-in-one of bliss and emptiness. But beauty, I think, is the really uh, crucial thing. Um, it could be that you see your Yidam at this point, that you see Tara or Padmasambhava or Avalokiteshvara or Manjugosha. Um, or you know in, uh, you know the the figure that you're most strongly drawn to uh, you might see the Buddha himself. The guru is mentioned, I think because in the Tibetan tradition, the feeling for the guru is so strong, uh, even though you're seeing the teacher in archetypal form, um, but the feeling that the Tibetans have for their Lama is really, really strong, so it's going to be a very natural way of 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 for them of of seeing of developing pure perception, pure love. Um, it's a natural object, uh, or they're a natural person who can receive very loving reverence and, and devotion. In other words, I think what, what's going on at this point, what the Bardo Tadol is, is encouraging in, 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 the, in, that, in us, in the person, is that you need to counteract the intense craving. It's really, really interesting what's going on here. They're saying it's intense craving that brings you back. Intense craving and jealousy that brings you back. And jealousy is defined as a mixture of craving and aversion. The emphasis is much more on that, in a sense, at this point, than ignorance. Um, so you need to counteract that that very, very strong drive. Um, and this is why you need to see enlightenment in the most beautiful of forms and this is one of the reasons why sadhana the buddhas and bodhisattvas the whole realm of myth and story and color and beauty and art and light and life is just so incredibly important um the 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 deity that you meditate on should be intensely attractive to you intensely attractive Um, and overwhelmingly beautiful and completely fascinating and captivating and even alluring Um, uh, because to counteract that craving and I'm not just talking about this moment in the Pato of Tadal I'm talking about life generally to counteract that you need to evoke something much stronger a much stronger faith devotion um, longing a desire uh, for the dharma uh, which, which can push back craving, which is just driving you on. So this is why all the imagery and everything that goes with it is just so incredibly important. Um, uh, you know, it might not be that you do a sort of formal sadhana regularly. I know that order members don't necessarily do that. But you have to find, as Banti called it in that very early on, emotional equivalence to intellectual understanding. Great insight. Very, very profound insight that, that, that uh, you know, inter, uh, intellectual ideas, nice ideas, really count for nothing uh, in the end. They're not going to push back what's really going on uh, in terms of our drives. Um, you know, it's craving that keeps us on the wheel. It's craving that is the driver. So we need to generate a powerful emotional connection with enlightenment. So it's said in, in, in the text that um, you, you instead of responding with craving and jealousy, you try to see them as um, uh, the couple. Instead, as the expressions of enlightenment and you worship them, you go for refuge to them, you make offerings to them. And then if you do see them as a, the Buddha, the Bodhisattva, when you unite with them, that will be liberation. So there's a very strong emphasis in this bardo on renunciation aspiration and pure perception uh i'm going to conclude this by by just reading to you um the commentary um from the bardo to Dol, which describes um this um uh it, it's a, a different translation but this is um I'll I'll read the different translation and then read a bit of the commentary that, that, that the Lama mentions. Alas, now as the intermediate state of rebirth arises before me, I must with one pointed intention concentrate my mind and resolutely connect with the residual potency of my virtuous past actions. I must obstruct the womb entrances and call to mind the methods of reversal. This is the time when perseverance and purity of perception are imperative. I must give up all jealousy and meditate on my spiritual teacher with consort. And then there's this. It is extremely important to clearly repeat these verses aloud, to arouse your memories of past virtues, to meditate on this prayer and to experientially cultivate its meaning. The meaning of these verses is as follows. The line, now as the intermediate state of rebirth arises before me, explains that you are now roaming in the intermediate state of rebirth. As an indication of this, if you look into water, you will not see your reflection. Your body does not even cast a shadow. These are both signs that you do not have a solid body of flesh and blood, but you are roaming. With a subtle mental body in the intermediate state of rebirth. Now, therefore, you must, with one pointed intention, concentrate your mind undistractedly. At this moment, this singularity of intention is by itself the most important factor. At this moment, this singularity of intention is by itself the most important factor. It is like a horse being controlled by the use of a bridle. Whatever your intention focuses upon, this will come about. Do not turn your mind to negative past actions. Call to mind now your connections in the human world with the sacred teachings and instructions. Remember the empowerments and oral transmissions previously received. Remember your connection with this, Bardo Todol, and so forth. It is extremely important that you resolutely connect with the residual potency of your virtuous past actions. Do not forget. Do not be distracted. The present moment is the dividing line between progression and regression. The present moment is the time when, by lapsing into laziness, even for an instant, you will experience constant suffering. The present moment is the time when, by concentrating with a singular intention, you will achieve constant happiness. Concentrate your mind with a single pointed intention. Resolutely connect with the residual potency of your virtuous past actions. Gives you a real flavour of uh, of how they talk in the Bardo Toreau. So there we are. Um, concentrate your mind with one pointed uh, intention. And... Uh, well, that completes our um, journey through uh, the six uh, bardoats. Um, there is, of course, the last verse, but that's an exhortation to, uh, well, not waste this uh, precious opportunity. We'll, we will be hearing it all again this evening. But uh, that's it for today and uh, for the retreat in terms of this. Good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, if there are any final uh, questions, yeah.
1: I'm Just wondering, So, if it's about there's just one text about the after death state and all that, and it's not the you know universal text on death or anything. Like that. What? It's a a big question. I mean, what would you say are the sort of clear, the defining factors of, of it in a way? I mean, it just seems to be—you know—if this is one way of approaching death, what what, do you, what what would you sort of get get from it?
0: From the body to all?
1: Yeah, yeah. That, um, I don't even know what my question is. There just seems to be something that something about you know in these different bodies. It keeps talking about the, the illusory, illusory nature of phenomena and all that. Well, those. This is just one. Yeah. What what could you get from that? That's not going to be too random and explicit to that text if
0: that sorry that I'm not quite. Qu- what? So, I'm not still question, not question, quite is, is, yeah. it,
1: it's just something about if that's one text yeah. about the after death state what would you? What could you get from it that you could actually sort of work with?
0: Well I think that's that. The, I think one of the things that's very striking about the Bardo Todol is just full of dharma, applied to a particular situation applied to you know death uh, the intermediate state and 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 rebirth and well, it's also applied to this life, and dream and and bardo and 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 in a way, what what you've got is concentrated attention on these bardo's with the perspectives that you've referred to. One of the things I find very attractive about it is you've got a lot of very basic dharma. Uh, there's a lot on renunciation, impermanence, the lakshanas, going for refuge. Um, you know the, the the calling to mind your practice of virtue, uh, generating the bodhicitta, but also you, you've got this very very strong visionary aspect. So there's a lot of devotion in the text, um, a lot of uh, um, emphasis on, on on imagery and reading signs, if you like, reading that what what the imagination is is communicating. And yes, you've got that whole perspective of of, of uh, everything is the production of, if you like, of awareness. In a way, it's, got, it's a complete work in that sense. I think that's one of its sort of, um, why it's a work of, of real spiritual genius. Uh, because it seems to have all, in a way, you could say it's got all of the fi- spiritual faculties engaged in this very, very existential situation. I think that's another reason why it's a it's a valuable text because you know uh death intermediate state rebirth um are you know you know yeah you know, as bounty's called them existential situations you know moments of sort of of uh, in a sense crisis of but you know the yeah you know, well let's use that that language and so everything is highly focused and i think you know what people seem to find in studying a text like that and meditating on a text like that that starts to overflow into all areas of life you can bring that to to everything and i i think I think another area that that's of value with the Bardo teaching is becoming more sensitive to um, um spaces if you like in your life uh in a way creating them um Noticing them throughout the day, those moments where one process ends and another begins. I remember Banty saying once on a seminar that he always paused between one activity and the next. He always created a break. He didn't rush from one to another. So he said, if he was writing, when he stopped writing, he paused. And he sa- and he used a very interesting ex- expression. Just to refresh awareness said he said, on, he said I only need a minute, um, but I found that very interesting that that his life was punctuated by spaces, and I think that's valuable with the Bardo teaching you know that that you know the more spaces you can create if you like uh, throughout your day and your life, the more spaces of 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 awareness, probably the more skillful you'll be, yeah. Is that yeah, helpful, yeah. all that?
2: Yeah. yeah mm. I've got a question. It came up yesterday. It's, it's w- well, what is this subtle mind-made body? And is one to take it as a sort of subtle counterpart of the physical body? Or is it more like referring to a body of qualities?
0: Sort of it's Manu Myakaya, isn't it? Yeah, and, it's, yeah. and it's mentioned in the Samanya Sutta, isn't it? Yeah. That, that it seems, the way it's described there, as far as I can remember it, that when you've um when you've uh perfected the rupa dhyanas you mm. you you've, you've got you've got some options you can push on to the arupa dhyanas um probably unfold is a better word uh you can develop uh insight mm. or you can cultivate the Manumayakaya. Mm. and it's the Manumayakaya that that, that where, whereby you can develop the ridis, you know, clear audience, clairvoyance. You know, um, uh, moving through not walls. You know, tr- travelling to places and things like that. And um, so, it's it's obviously some. You know, explaining it in terms of the um, classical Buddhist context, it obviously develops through. Um, um, you know a more meditative life so in that sense it's presumably something to do with Punya yeah. and i think but I think what the barda Tadol tradition is saying is that 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 to some extent everybody will have it because everybody has developed virtue to some extent and for some it will be more vivid than others it's the man that you experience in dreams why banti explained it um on one occasion, was it's to do with subject and object, that that um, mind will always objectify. Uh, it will always sort of objectify itself. And the manumayakaya is the mind objectifying itself in this subtle uh, realm.
2: Yeah? So could you say that like, you're changing your subtle body through spiritual practice all the time particularly through
0: sadhana practice absolutely absolutely i mean Bunti did talk about that on one occasion i believe that uh, it, it might be quite inspiring to, to 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 feel that when you're you know through your practice you're you're creating another body and this is actually brought out in another context um perhaps not unrelated the Vimlakirti kirti nidesha do you remember that where he um i think his first discourse where he talks about i mean it's a classic sort of Shravakayana, you know, meditation on the, the loathsomeness of the of the human body. But then he said you should devote your aspirations to the Tathagata Kaya, the body of the Tathagata, which grows out of observing the ten precepts, practising the Brahmaviharas, the Paramitas, all the spiritual practices c- creates an entirely different body. And Bandhi thought, well, that, that could be quite an inspiring way of yeah. of looking at, at spiritual practice. You know, your your physical body might be really yeah. messed up, but maybe your spiritual body is of quite a different nature. Yeah.
2: yeah. I mean, I don't want to go mm. on, but, but I, I imagine also that if you, like when you do a sada practice, you're identifying with the body of the figure that you're yeah. visualising. Yeah. So that must be particularly uh, potent in, yes. the, in, in
0: development. Yeah. So Yes that's right yeah 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 yeah
1: but then what would happen to you in the bardo if you had a highly developed mind
0: made body well you'd you'd, you'd relish it wouldn't you you'd probably if you, you know i mean that's one of the things that that sort of uh, said in the text if if you if you're highly developed you're you're highly responsive to what's happening and you know you you you, you might even liberate as soon as the clear light of the void shows itself um you know there are they they sort of assume with the doll that you know most people are going to have you know they're going to you've got to keep reading it because they're likely to get reborn but um that 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 wouldn't be the case with a highly developed um teacher you know they would they would presumably just um go straight into the boundlessness of of space and then there would be conscious rebirth, you know, there would be, it wouldn't be a rebirth that's sort of, you know, impelled by craving, it would be a conscious decision to be reborn for the benefit of sentient beings.
1: So even if you're not a highly developed lama, but you've been meditating a lot for something, presumably you'd have more control?
0: yeah or, or, or certainly more sensitivity to, to 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 what's happening you know like like you know you'd be you know it, it, you know I, I suppose the point you know, this is one of the points that they make is that the man of byai is highly highly sensitive, so if you are getting a communication that's that's very very positive, that will have a really good effect on uh, on on your future i mean you know it if you've done a strong Meditation retreat or something like that, and it's gone well. That and you meet somebody, you meet somebody, and they're very, very positive. It has mm. a very positive effect. You meet somebody, and they're not so positive. It can, mm. it, it, you know, it, it can have another kind of effect, yeah. a bit like that. I think, mm. yeah.
2: So, so things like um, you know, reciting reciting your mantra before you go to sleep, they're all training in yeah the, before they're. Step- and, and I think I've heard that very often. High-developed lamas actually. Do their sadhana after they've physically died.
0: Yes. That that's 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 recommended very, very strongly yeah. that the that, that, that the body is left. Yeah. So that they can they can get on. Well, just generally with yeah. the body, uh, yeah. uh, reading this book, The Hidden uh, the the Hidden History of the Tibetan Book of the Dead, it describes the rituals. And there's with every uh, person who's died, it's very important there's a period in which they're left. Um, But but you know so they can get on with things yeah yeah. So so for the stream entrants, what sort of pathway would would it be for them? Well, if 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 you're that developed, it would be, it would be um, you'd respond very positively to what was, to what was going on. You know, if if you like the the sort of, um, you'd keep coming back to the dharma, you know, in the, in the in between. That, that's, that's what would be going on. Yeah. So, the best thing if one dies uh, uh, not suddenly would be to do your sadhana if you're dying slowly and then hopefully continue what when you're dead? Well, that, 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 that I, yes. I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure that's what would be um that would be recommended and you know the, the, the i i think if one was sufficiently trained if 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 it was sudden you would go into your spiritual practice i mean that's what would you know you, 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 that's one of the things we're also training for that whatever the eventuality any kind of sudden kind of emergency we can turn to the dharma um you know that that's the really important thing. Whether or not it's to do with these details, I you know, in in a way that's this is just a way to uh look at something. Um you know, just you mentioned about the stream entrant. I remember um Mahadhamavya. Mahadhamavya this uh, old Dharmachari who became an anagarika who uh, very um he was getting older, completely devoted to the Dharma, and he, he took his own life, he he doused himself with kerosene and burnt himself to death. Were you there? On the
2: Scared river? the living daylights out of me. Yeah, you were there. <laughs> I saw you? it happen. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, <clears throat> because he didn't want to be a burden anymore, and, um, you know, nobody thought he was a burden. I mean, they loved him very, very much. Um, very, very devoted to Bhante. And Bhante was very, very deeply moved by getting the news about mahadhama passing and the circumstances. And he wrote that long poem, The Caves of (coughs) Bhaja, about that. And he was talking about Mahadharmavir afterwards and he said, you know, I cannot imagine Mahadharmavir not finding the dharma again. I, I feel really sure he'll find the Dharma, and he paused and he said, uh, "Maybe that's stream entry. You find the Dharma again. You yeah. keep finding the Dharma." I think that's a it's a lovely thing to say. He had yeah. so much faith, Mahadhammavir, so strong, so you know, intense, and and such a deep feeling for the order and uh, for the work of the Dharma. So you know, these nightmarish things that apparently go on in the in-between if you've if you've developed very strong faith in the Dharma you just keep finding it you just keep finding the Dharma um, that, that's the really important thing yeah to me. Yeah, yeah and that, and that's all the Lama is saying really You're, mm-hmm. it's all the spiritual friend is saying I prefer using the language of spiritual friend keep finding the Dharma mm-hmm. keep finding the Dharma through it all whatever is going on and uh you know, perhaps that's the, the, the sort of message of, of Padmasambha. Well, it is the message of Padmasambhava because it goes back to his inspiration. Keep finding the Dharma. It doesn't matter what it is, but, you know, what works um, in whatever happens. Yeah, yeah. This, this uh, reading that we read at the end, from the Guru uh, Yoga says, let me find a guru in every life. Yes, Fine. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think a really good part of that. Yeah, same thing, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. So is
2: that the single wish?
0: Because in this part of the verse, it's all about the single wish. Yes, yeah, so it's uh, it, well here the, with one pointed attention, the one pointed to concentrate my mind, and resolutely connect with the residual, residual potency of my virtuous past actions. That's what the single wish is. But to do that, you you, you know if you if if you hear the Dharma in that, that's what will happen. It will it will wake up your uh, the resi- resi- residual potency of previous uh, virtue. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: Okay. So shall we stop there? Enough. Have a break before we go and meditate. Twelve o'clock. Good.